Hi, I'm Shannon, and this is So Here's a Cool Thing, a podcast that focuses on doing mini deep dives into my assorted nerdy passions. October 2nd marked the 71st anniversary of the very first publication of one of my favorite comic strips, Charles Schultz's Peanuts. For just over seven decades, we've had the joy and privilege to have Snoopy, Woodstock, and the whole Peanuts gang offer up chuckles and the sardonic yet surprisingly warm life lessons that embody Schultz's outlook on life. Schultz is widely regarded as one of the most influential cartoonists of all time, cited by the likes of Jim Davis of Garfield fame, Bill Watterson of our beloved Calvin and Hobbes, and Matt Groening, creator of The Simpsons. Personally, as well, Schultz has been a major influence on my art, and Peanuts has been a mainstay of my life. In this episode, I'll talk about Charles Schultz, his life, and his profound impact on the comics landscape. I'll get into the comics, the cartoons and films, and everyone's favorite World War I flying ace and resident beagle, Snoopy. So settle in while I dive into the whole Peanuts gang and their ingenious creator, Charles Schultz. Charles Monroe Schultz was born on November 26, 1922, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and grew up as an only child in St. Paul. He loved drawing, and often drew the family dog, Spike, whom Snoopy is loosely based on, and Spike would become the name of Snoopy's desert-dwelling brother. Schultz's dog, Spike, ate unusual things, such as pins and tacks. As a beagle mom, I can tell you that this absolutely tracks. If it's on the floor and it fits in their mouths, it's food. Schultz drew Spike and sent it to Ripley's Believe It or Not, and it appeared in the syndicated panel captioned, a hunting dog that eats pins, tacks, and razor blades. (laughs) Poor pupper. Schultz attended Richard Gordon's elementary school in St. Paul, where he skipped two grades. He became a shy and somewhat timid teenager, possibly as a result of being the youngest in his class in high school. According to stories, Schultz submitted some of his drawings to the high school yearbook, and they were rejected. Sixty years later, a five-foot-tall statue of Snoopy would be placed in the school's main office. How's that for recognition? In February 1943, Schultz's mother passed away after a long illness. He was very close with his mother, and her death had a profound effect on him. Around this same time, Schultz was drafted into the Army. He served as a staff sergeant with the 20th Armored Division in Europe during World War II as a squad leader on a machine gun team. Schultz said he only had one opportunity to fire his gun, but forgot to load it, and that the German soldier willingly surrendered before he could have fired. In late 1945, Schultz returned to Minneapolis. He did lettering for a Catholic magazine called Timeless Topics. In 1946, he took a job at Art Instruction Incorporated, which was an instructional art school. He worked there for several years as he developed his career as a comics creator. Also while there, he met Donna Johnson Wold, whom he would date for two years. She would become the inspiration for the source of Charlie Brown's romantic anguish, the little red-haired girl, when she rejected Schultz's marriage proposal. See y'all? Art really does imitate life. In 
Schultz's first regular comic was a weekly series of one-panel jokes called Lil Folks. It was published from June 1947 to January 1950 in the St. Paul Pioneer Press. It was in this strip that Schultz first used the name Charlie Brown, and it also featured a dog that looked an awful lot like Snoopy. In May 1948, Schultz sold his first one-panel drawing to the Saturday Evening Post, and within the next two years, a total of 17 drawings were published. Around this time, he tried to have Lil Folks syndicated through the NEA. This would have made Schultz an independent contractor for the syndicate, which was unheard of in the 40s. Ultimately, the deal fell through, and subsequently, Lil Folks was dropped from Pioneer Press in January of 1950. Later that year, Schultz approached United Feature Syndicate with the one-panel series. By this time, Schultz had also developed a four-panel series comic strip. And to his delight, the syndicate preferred it to Lil Folks. Peanuts made its first appearance on October 2, 1950, in seven newspapers. The Weekly Sunday page debuted in January of 1952. After a seemingly slow start, Peanuts became one of the most popular comic strips of all time, and also one of the most influential. At its peak, Peanuts was published daily in 2,600 newspapers in 75 countries in over 21 languages. Over the course of nearly 50 years, Schultz drew 17,897 published Peanuts strips. The comics themselves, plus the merchandise and product endorsements, produced revenues of more than $1 billion per year, with Schultz earning an estimated 30 to 40 million himself. During the strip's run, Schultz took only one vacation, a five-week break in 1997 to celebrate his 75th birthday. Reruns of the strip ran during his vacation, marking the only time this occurred during Schultz's lifetime. The first animated TV special based on Peanuts was the now iconic A Charlie Brown Christmas. It originally aired in 1965 and has since become part of many people's holiday landscape. I know I watch it every year. It's one of my favorites. It also gave us the quintessential soundtrack for Holiday Cheer by jazz pianist Vince Guaraldi. The special centers around Charlie Brown, who's feeling depressed despite the impending holiday season, and Lucy suggests that directing the annual Christmas play is sure to put him in the spirit. Snoopy participates in a neighborhood decorating contest and decks out his doghouse. Sally seeks Charlie Brown's help in writing an outlandish and incredibly materialistic letter to Santa. And Charlie Brown buys a small bedraggled Christmas tree to decorate, and it turns out to not be such a bad little tree after all. The special won an Emmy and a Peabody Award, and the album, A Charlie Brown Christmas, went on to be voted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2007. It was added to the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry of Culturally, Historically, or Aesthetically Important American Sound Recordings in 2012. Of the music, special producer Lee Mendelson has said, I always felt that one of the key elements that made the show was the music. It gave us a contemporary sound that appealed to all ages. The special has aired on different networks and services every year since. When accepting the Emmy for the show, Schultz jokingly said, 
Charlie Brown isn't used to winning, so we thank you. Charlie Brown might not feel like a winner, but I think we can all agree that Peanuts is. With well over 40 TV specials and features, Peanuts has us covered for pretty much every occasion. For Halloween, we got 1966's It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. For Valentine's Day, we have 1967's You're in Love, Charlie Brown. In 1973, we get A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. It's the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown, came to us in 1974. And we even get 1976's It's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown. I have so many great memories of watching all of these. I distinctly remember a VHS I had when I was little, and it had the movies Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, and Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown on it. I watched it over and over until I wore the tape out. The stories are fun, but what really makes Peanuts so great is the cast of characters. So let's talk about them for a little while. First and foremost, there's Charlie Brown. He's gentle and lovable, kind of insecure. He has a tenacity, and he's ever hopeful. But he often fails because of his insecurities. Charles Schultz has said, Charlie Brown must be the one who suffers because he's a caricature of the average person. Most of us are much more acquainted with losing than winning. Winning is great, but it isn't funny. Then there's Linus Van Pelt, Charlie Brown's best friend. He's a bit eccentric, but incredibly smart. He's sort of the resident philosopher and theologian. He's kind-hearted and caring, and his security blanket is always nearby. His older sister, Lucy Van Pelt, is known as a fuss budget, something she takes as a compliment. She's crabby, she's loud, and she's antagonistic. And she's the one who never lets Charlie Brown kick that damn football. She offers up her brand of tough love style advice at her psychiatry booth for a nickel, and she's madly in love with Schroeder. Fun fact, I had a stuffed Lucy Van Pelt doll when I was little, and I took it everywhere with me for a while. I kind of like Lucy. (laughs) Schroeder is the piano-playing Beethoven-loving musician of the group. He idolizes Beethoven to the point that he tells Lucy he couldn't possibly like her or anyone else for that matter, because Beethoven was a lifelong bachelor. Then there's Peppermint Patty, whom Schultz has described as doggedly loyal with a devastating singleness of purpose. She's the part of us that goes through life with blinders on. And then there's her best friend, Marcy, bespectacled and unassumingly sweet and really smart. Marcy always refers to Patty as Sir. She's insightful and introverted, but she's always willing to help and she's often the voice of reason. Woodstock is Snoopy's avian best friend, always down for whatever as long as Snoopy is nearby. Schultz has never definitively answered what kind of bird Woodstock is, which I think is kind of cool. A little bit of mystery. That brings us to the beagle himself, Snoopy. He's the pet of Charlie Brown, and he is the only character aside from Charlie Brown to appear in every single movie and special. Snoopy is loyal and funny and crazy imaginative. 
He's a genuinely happy dog, so much so that his signature happy dance annoys Lucy because she doesn't believe that anyone can ever be that happy. The only thing that truly upsets Snoopy is a lack of supper. On the character of Snoopy, Schultz has said, Snoopy's whole personality is a little bittersweet, but he's a very strong character. He can win, he can lose, be a hero, be a disaster, anything, and it all works out. I like the fact that when he's in real trouble, he can retreat into a fantasy and thereby escape. Snoopy and the Peanuts gang are recognizable the world over. Snoopy especially. He made his Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade debut as a balloon in 1968, and he has appeared almost every year since. NASA began collaborating with Schultz in the 60s, and Snoopy became the official mascot for NASA's Space Flight Safety Initiative. And the Silver Snoopy Award is a special honor awarded to NASA employees and contractors for outstanding achievements related to human flight safety or mission success. It was first awarded in 1968. That's pretty amazing from the humble beginnings of the one-paneled Lil folks all the way to space. Charles Schultz passed away at home on February 12, 2000 at the age of 77. The last Peanut strip was published the following day. Schultz had let United Features know that he preferred no other artists draw Peanuts, and they honored his wishes, instead syndicating reruns. On February 10, 2000, two days before Schultz's death, Congressman Mike Thompson introduced a bill to award Schultz the Congressional Medal of Honor, which is the highest honor a civilian can receive from the United States Legislature. It passed the House and was sent to the Senate, where it passed unanimously. Schultz's widow accepted the award on his behalf. I'd like to leave you with a quote from Schultz, who has left us with such an amazing legacy and so many years of laughter and fun. I think I've discovered the secret of life. You just hang around and get used to it. Thanks, Charles, for everything. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of So Here's a Cool Thing. Peanuts comic collections are available wherever books are sold and can also be requested from your local library. The Charlie Brown specials and movies are available on DVD and Blu-ray and a number of streaming platforms. If you would like to learn more about Peanuts creator Charles Schultz, I would recommend checking out schultzmuseum.org the official website for the Charles Schultz Museum. They have a ton of rad stuff and resources. There's interviews, you can see really great pictures. Definitely check it out. You can find me on the web on Twitter at So Here's a Cool TH1 and on Instagram at So Here's a Cool Thing. There's a link to my anchor in both of those profiles. I'm available on most of your favorite podcatchers. So please like, follow, subscribe, tell a friend. So until next time, I'm Shannon, and I hope you learned a cool thing.